0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA. As always, so glad you've joined us. No matter where you found your podcast, we are there and we are bringing you guests from throughout the industry who can help, under- help you understand exactly what's going on in our industry as we head into 2023. And that's why I'm so glad today to have Dr. Chelsea Foss on with us. Dr. Foss, how are you today?
1: I'm great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. Excited to talk about this.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm excited to have you on. I've loved working with you on this project. And before we dive into it, though, I would love for our listeners to know a little bit more about you. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Chelsea
1: Foss. I am a dentist by training and by a few years of practice, Um, but now I'm a dental public health specialist. So I spend my time uh, more on the policy and public health side. I uh, was most recently with the ADA's Health Policy Institute, um, affectionately known as HPI, Um, a, a phenomenal team that does incredible work and really, I think, shares what's going on in dentistry with the with the world really. Um, but we we were really excited to be charged with this project, this most recent project on uh, looking at dental workforce shortages. We've been hearing about this issue. Uh, from from dentists and um, others in the sector for years now. And we had an opportunity to work collaboratively with a couple organizations, including Ignite, um, to really better understand what's going on. So I'm looking forward to, to chatting about this and sharing our findings with you.
0: Well, and and again, thank you for doing this. Uh, I have always said the ADA Health Policy Institute is one of the greatest resources out there for our industry. And so certainly I encourage our assistants Make sure your doctors are taking advantage of this resource that is there from the ADA because there's such fascinating data uh, to see and really give that full scale of what is going on. Not just, you know, so often we get focused on what goes on inside our practice. But there's a whole world out there to make sure that you're keeping up with as well. And that's why I'm so thrilled to have you on today. Because, you know, our dental assistant audience is a key part of this, you know, workforce shortage at the moment and the strategies to get back, you know, and, and see what we can do to move our industry forward. And one thing that really stood out to me about this, this, uh, these findings were that you found dental assistants and dental hygienists both were very satisfied with where they are right now. And, and I'm curious because um, obviously we know COVID changed so many things in the practice. We know that, that really set forth a few dominoes uh, with our assistance. Was there something that you found that maybe highlighted why they were satisfied with, with where they are right now?
1: yeah, great question. Um so and I while we get into this, um, I do want to also thank a couple of the other organizations that partnered with us, which include uh, the American Dental Assistance Association, the American Dental Hygienist Association, and the Dental Assisting National Board, Danby
0: absolutely um so great, th- great people yeah
1: great partners to have with this work and it wouldn't have been possible without those partnerships we had um over you know 4000 dental assistants and 5000 dental hygienists i think i have that right um participate in the research so you know, hugely successful and we're we're so grateful for the partnerships there but yeah great point so the satisfaction you know overall or you know the m- majority of dental assistants and dental hygienists being satisfied in their role was I guess unfortunately surprising to a lot of yeah, us when we I saw agree. that. Um, but obviously, good news there. Um, so you know, I think we, while well, we do know some some of the factors that are related to being satisfied in the workplace, like positive culture, feeling like you're helping somebody, um, feeling like you have fair compensation both in pay and in benefits, the entire package. Mm-hmm. We do know a lot of that um, you know seems to be associated with this with these with this higher satisfaction. Um, but I also think it just points to the fact that, uh, these are good careers. You know, I th- we've been so focused on the shortage of dental assistants and don- dental hygienists that I think subconsciously we've told ourselves, oh, people are just fleeing these fields and, you know, we're going to have, you know, it, this mass exodus and, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? That's not the case. These are still really attractive um, career pathways for folks, we just need to better understand how to ensure it stays that way, how to make the the dental practice environment work for the entire dental team. Um, Perhaps most importantly, especially right now, dental assistants and dental hygienists, where there's just this growing recognition of um, the need for a positive Work environment on so many different levels, whether that's just, you know, culture and ensuring that it's not toxic, it's positive, whether that's in flexibility and having different scheduling options, um, or whether it's more in these tangible things like making sure that you do have paid sick time, you do have paid leave, um, you do have health insurance. Uh, so I think. Where I think where this puts us is it gives us some um, insights into what can be done. And I I think one of the key things that we need to recognize in the dental employer community, whether that's dentists, DSOs, um, health centers, hospitals, whatever, is we know that that some benefits have become the norm in dentistry like paid holidays paid vacation retirement and of course dental benefits no no surprise there um that's a pretty easy one to to coordinate um but paid leave and health insurance are not yet the norm and we run a major risk in dentistry if we don't figure that out because there are similar fields uh, where you know the, the vast majority of employees in those fields and, and overall, even in small businesses across the U.S., the majority of employees get those benefits we need to figure that piece out because otherwise we absolutely run the risk of losing more or not attracting enough folks into dental assisting and dental hygiene
0: you know whenever i read this report you touched on two very important things the culture and the benefits one's very tangible one is more esoteric out there and and i but yet both of them fall the benefits certainly fall on the employer but the culture itself It's not just up to the dentist to change it. It's got to be up to the employees to change it as well. So that's where I see an opportunity for there to really be some good give and take about heading into 2023. What can we do to make this a better workplace? Is that what you see as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is definitely one of the areas where we recognize like, oh, we need to to build upon this. We need to better understand this. As a kind of, I think, a, a good example that has some numbers behind it. If we think about um, just the sat- go back to the satisfaction piece again, yeah, I you know, and I've mentioned some of the um, the the benefits data that we found. So in in dental service organizations and DSOs and in large group practices, what we found was that these benefits that are rare overall in dentistry are much more common in these larger group practice settings. Um, Many more dental assistant and dental hygiene employees in DSOs in large groups are getting health insurance, uh, are getting paid leave. And and sorry, let me throw in there too, um, also in working in public health settings, working in health centers, that's huge too. Um, But when we look at the satisfaction levels, there is lower overall workplace satisfaction in those large group settings in those in DSOs. So we're seeing more of those tangible financial benefits. um, But overall, satisfaction is lower. And this is something that we hadn't studied before, we didn't realize before. And one of the things we really want to kind of interrogate and better understand in the future, hopefully with with Similar types of collaborations is what is what is it? You know, one hypothesis I had, and this was in conversation with um, Hannah Aronovich at Danby, um, one of our, our great partners there, is that you know most of dentistry is still in the small small business model, um, and a lot of the cultural improvement. At Activities that happen in businesses often have have the support of you know larger human resources or people operations teams, which don't necessarily exist, of course, in in small businesses and in, sure. in smaller dental practices. Um, of course, we're that hypothesis might already kind of be refuted because then we see in the data that we got that these large groups and DSOs that perchance do have that sort of um, organizational support built into their, to their company. Um, They're not seeing an increase in the satisfaction there. So I think I think we're all kind of in this like reckoning phase of like what makes work sustainable and what makes a a good work environment and it's such a like it's such a personal question too and and trying to understand it um like on a societal level but also just in our sector is is um is challenging but definitely worth more exploration you
0: know and i mentioned COVID a few minutes ago, and we know what a game changer that was on a lot of levels. But people that I've talked to have said that these issues were kind of brewing before COVID, and it just kind of blew up like a volcano then when that happened, and we had to go back into the practice or back into the workforce. Is, is that something that you're seeing or, or ADA Health Policy Institute saw before this, this uh, work was done?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think we all started hearing more about these issues um, since COVID. Absolutely. But when we look back at, um, for instance, at enrollment reports in dental assisting and dental hygiene programs, you know, before the pandemic, and we take you know a longer term look at this, a long a longer view, um, we see that this this issue is setting in far before COVID. Um, we're seeing a slightly different story, though, between dental assisting and dental hygiene, where dental assisting enrollment in programs, which I know is, is this is complicated, you know, because it, whether or not these, any sort of program or certification is necessary in the state, we understand it's, it's different everywhere. So that it's, this is tricky to look at. Um, but we do see that overall dental assisting enrollment program enrollment was has been trending downward for a much for a longer term um, than than COVID. So going about five years back, um, dental hygiene we did have a little bit of a blip in the enrollment um, in the twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one year. Um, and there was a little concern of, oh, gosh, are we going to see a big drop? It looks like dental hygiene enrollment is rebounding. Um, and that probably won't be a longer term trend. But of course, HPI has been tracking this annually um, for a much longer time. Um, and it, it's all available online, these these reports, not only this one, but the uh, enrollment reports too. Um, you know, for anybody to access to.
0: Well, and, and again, that's why ADA Health Policy Institute is such a great resource. And I definitely want to make sure that our listeners know how to reach that uh, before before we end here. But there is one thing that jumped out at me uh, whenever I was reading through the draft and everything else is that this isn't a short-term fix. This is something that's going to keep going for a little while. and And I'm wondering, knowing that, the future's a little, uh, dare I say, rocky as far as, you know, all the things that need to be fixed to to bring things back. It, is that something of concern, in your opinion? Or should it be of concern to to our industry?
1: Yeah, great point. So, um, yeah, these are long-term issues. None of, the, none of the potential solutions identified are quick fixes, as you said. Um, I think a lot of the... The innovations and solutions come at either, of course, the practice level or the local level to some degree, the state level. So it's difficult, you know, at coming at this from the national perspective to really have like a, a to-do list on, on where we go from here. Um, there have been some really neat innovations that uh, you know I think are are worth pointing out that we've seen as we've you know taken a closer look. Of what's going on in this time frame, like for instance, there are some practices that are now offering um, an equity stake to dental hygienists, um, and I, you know, I think just the the need for any dental team member to feel more connected to the practice is really important. So another um, perhaps easy, to, I'll say in quotes, um, to implement strategy is. Dental assistants and dental hygienists are just like dentists. They want to keep growing in their skill set and um, areas of expertise, and developing and, and feeling fulfilled, you know, professionally what they're doing. And so, I think it's important for for employers, whether that's a dentist or not, to really, you know, be a good supervisor and 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 explore ways in which your team wants to grow. And make that part of, of their, you know, performance review, add, um, make that, incorporate that into raise and payment structures to really make them feel more connected because they are, they're crucial, they're pivotal to the operation of the practice. Um, and there are some great tools out there to make sure that your, you know, pay rates are in line with where they should be in your state um, even the county levels available in some cases and that's the, we have um, links to some of those resources in the report and that's offered by the Bureau of Labor Statistics so definitely recommend you know making sure what you're paying is fair um, you know, recognizing that other industries do give annual raises, make sure you're doing that. And is, is it, you know, at the appropriate level? Um, you know, those are some of the, um, you know, kind of practice level, local, um, smaller scale changes that might really make a difference.
0: Well, I know there's a lot of data, a lot of very interesting points in this report and I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can find it, where they can comb through all of this themselves, because I, I think this is something we're going to be talking about for some time to come.
1: Yeah, great. Thanks. Please do check it out. It's available. This report's available online at ada.org slash HPI stands for Health Policy Institute. ADA.org slash HPI on that on that web page, pretty much everything that Hpi puts out into the world is available publicly for free. So definitely um, encourage you all to you know come through the other resources that we have available too. Um, the other surveys and tracking and analysis that we do on a regular basis at HPI, again, it's there for free for everybody. You do not need to be an ADA member to access those resources, and that is by design. Um, so, yeah, really encourage you all to check it out and you know, reach out if there are questions or thoughts on, on the work and where we go from here.
0: Well, Dr. Foss, I know it was it was great for us to be involved with this, and we really do, uh, on behalf of assistants, thank the ADA for kind of keeping track of what's going on with them as well, because it it's nice to know that obviously the ADA recognizes the role the assistants play and the importance that they they have in the dental practice every day.
1: No, thank you, and I and I, sorry if I can just close on that too. Oh, I think there's so there's much greater recognition of the importance of the dental team and not even, you know, internally at the ADA, yes, it's a professional association, um, of historically of dentists, but we internally, there's been so much movement in progress on, Hey, every single day, these members of our team, um, are responsible for, you know, so much that so much beyond even their their, you know, clinical duties and what they're doing in the dental chair and operatory. Um, And I think there's just a a great effort to really more meaningfully involve dental assistants and dental hygienists each step of the way in whatever issue we're trying to address. So yeah, great movement there.
0: And and that's fantastic news. Honestly, it is. And and I think that this is such a great resource for dental assistants to make sure that they know, again, ADA Health Policy Institute, the HPI is such a valuable resource for everybody on the dental team. Uh, It's been something that I have uh, used so much for my lectures and things and and really appreciate all the work that that, uh, you and Marco and so many other folks uh, behind the scenes do there. Thank you so much for that.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Honored to be with you today and look forward to working with you again in the future.
0: Absolutely, Dr. Foss. And thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. You know, you're valuable. You matter. And, and it's great to see not only what is going on in your practice, but around the country. So make sure you check out this resource. Make sure you read this report. It'll give you a great idea of what is really going on in our industry and how it impacts you and your business. So until next time, it's Kevin Henry for the Dental Assistant Nation podcast signing off and reminding you as always, together we rise.